0: Welcome back to another episode of the 4 Insight Podcast, episode 19. I'm your host, Mike Ovi. Great episode this week. Very, very, very vital episode. Uh, Joining me today is a guy who was pivotal in my development as a young man and just as a person. Was a mentor of mine. Was also my powerlifting coach. Um, Got into motivational speaking. He's taught me a whole lot about life. And, you know, I I wouldn't be where I am without him. Without Brother ado, big bro, Trey House. Big, big homie, how you doing? How you doing, brother? How you doing? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. Blessed. All right. So where I want to begin is, like I always do with every uh, guest, is just upbringing. Grew up in Beaumont, Texas. Yes, a sir. Small sir. town. Just talk about that, you know,
1: just what <laughs> upbringing was like. Look <laughs> here, man. It's not a small town. It's a small city. Nah. It's a, uh, it's a hub city, 73 miles northeast of Houston. Mm. Um, from Beaumont, Texas. Poucher, Poucher, Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas. Um, came up out there, man. Uh, played ball. Came up like any kid, man. I was real good in the classroom. Pretty decent on the field. I was lovely in the weight room. Loved the weight room. Hated mm-hmm. the track. <laughs> like any any other weight room kid would. Exactly. You know? um, <laughs> and so, you know, that I didn't know how much that would inspire me later on in life to do other things, you know, as far as in my business life, but you know that did carry over. But you know, you know, it was it was fun, man, and uh, you know I'm an '80s baby, so I was an outside kid. You know, I played street ball, I played sideline stick, and you know I came up hard. You know, I, I I I I tackled people. You know, I hit with my head. You know, that, it was stuff like that. Like I, I don't understand all the foo foo stuff, so. I played real football. Uh, yeah, that was shade. Very much so. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Nah. So, you know, a few screws got loose. But at hey, any rate, you know, uh, it was fun. No, man, it's the country. Kind of. It's the city. Kind of. You know, small town. So you have some people that may have small minds. And uh, it was a lot of older people. As I was coming up, they always would tell me, like, Hey man, uh, your mind too big for this place Your mind too big for this place It's a guy, man, God bless his soul He just passed from from this COVID stuff man. Mr. Benny rest, mm. rest in peace, Mr. Benny Mr. Benny, I worked with him at my first job at Academy <laughs> mm. <laughs> Mr. Benny used to call me Hollywood, man mm. Mr. Benny used to always hit me Hollywood, man, you too big for this place Too big for this place, Hollywood Too big for this place Because he would, t- he would tell me I was mentally too big for that It wasn't that I was better than nobody or nothing like that, but mentally, I was bigger than where I was at. So I always strive for more, and that's what he was telling me to do. And that carried over in my life to tell other people, like, I always go for more. Never just settle for where you're at or for what you got. Because it's always bigger, man. There's always more out there
0: most yeah, definitely sir. so just talk about you know uh playing football i know you you've talked about it and we've discussed it numerously uh you played linebacker you played center and it also led you into powerlifting so just talk about sport in general what it meant to you as you were coming up
1: oh man it was it was shoot it was everything man i'm from the golden triangle bro and anybody that knows anything about the golden triangle back then that was the they used to call us the football capital of the world Mm-hmm. The golden triangle in the I think it was like the sixties through the eighties, man, put the most people in the NFL ever. So it was like coming up, it was like the dream. That was everybody's dream. Like we was football. That was it. Mm-hmm. And we were like the last generation of the football. Everybody we thought we were going to leave. Everybody thought we were going to leave. From so Little League on you were going to leave. That was it. That was your dream. <laughs> And so, uh, like, that was year-round. That was where your mindset was It. I don't care what you was playing. Your mindset, you was getting ready for football. Mm. You know, and you did everything. So, everything was hard-nosed. Baseball was hard-nosed in Beaumont, Texas. You know, in Orange, Texas, baseball was hard-nosed. In Port Arthur, Texas, baseball was hard-nosed. Like, everything was hard-nosed because that was our mentality, like, when it came to sport. And it was just, like, everything went to it. Like, man... And your, your, your mind was almost on a clock to where it worked. At the summer, you'd be cool, cool, cool. August come, you'll start to ramp up, and then, boom, you're ready to go. Football season hitting, you ready to go, man. And it was like, it was perfect. And, and we were year-round athletes and kept our grades straight and everything else, so it was like no issues. And we had fun. Like, it wasn't like we were sitting at the house. We had fun. Yeah. But we took care of our business, too for sure so th- for those who don't know just talk
0: about what was it about Beaumont and just that whole surroundings that led you guys to buy into athletics like that and you know to make y'all take it so seriously because a lot of people take it for granted especially when you don't have it as rugged as you did bro so small about- town
1: and you don't have nothing. like and when I say you don't have nothing I don't I'm not trying to make my city, downplay my city, don't get it wrong at all. Mm-hmm. You have plenty. You have a lot of industry out there. It's a big oil industry, so you got plenty with that. It's a it's a big prison industry, I hate to say it, and so you got plenty with that. You got plenty of opportunity when it comes to those type of things, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you don't have much. You know, it's not a lot of opportunity. So you soak yourself in a certain dream, bro, and like you try to find something to grasp yourself onto And you're starting to see that now in the new generation, like they don't have nothing too much to grab onto because the opportunities are drying up. Back then, we had more opportunities. We were coming up, like I say, I'm an 80s baby, so we were coming up and it was still a middle class when I was coming up. Now, it's slowly drying up out there. Mm -hmm. And so those kids don't really have nothing to grasp onto. So it's either if they don't play ball, then they out there in the streets hard, hard, hard. Like back when we was in there, it was like you had your halfers. Some of them, yeah, they kind of tripping. They might, be, they might not, you know. But now it's like they out uh if they find mm-hmm. them, you know. And because it's nothing, so it's like it's that small town thing, man. It's like you want to have something to hold on to and have something to grasp on to, and it's something to do. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's something to do. It's fun, bro, and it's family. Like because we start from. Yay! high, Like you, five years old. You out there, six years old, seven years old, and you with that same team. Like you playing with the neighborhood flag team. That's probably gonna be your same teammate till you're in 12th grade. Yeah. Like you gonna end up playing with that same dude. Like one of those cats gonna be on your team all the way through, and you might end up going to college with him some way somehow. So you get know? comfortable. Well, yeah, it ain't it ain't changing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I can relate because, I mean, uh, I also grew up in a small town now. It wasn't as small as Beaumont, but Pearland at the time, um, you know, was still emerging. It was still brand spanking new. So that means a lot of people who grew up there at the time didn't have anything. It wasn't new and fresh and vibrant. It was new and... You got to build this from scratch. And so uh, I can could, I could speak to just uh, being around people who didn't have a whole lot or, you know, their worldviews weren't as large. Um, I remember as I got to high school and my parents moved us uh, to a more well off area of town and just being around that new surroundings was it was different because I didn't like at the at the time I didn't want to move. But then. I was like, oh, no, I needed this to happen because just to see people and to be around people who they have access to more, so therefore they see more, they feel more, they expect more from life. And, you know, because I had good parents, luckily for me and um, who held me accountable and, you know, expected a lot from me, that's what kept me. You know grounded and always helped me see life in a bigger picture just as you alluded to for yourself that's what it helped me but i always kind of felt bad for the people i grew up around um who didn't have that type of worldview you know basically growing up in the city growing up in that small town was their life and they stayed there you know a lot of them are still there you know raising families and you know they're functional but you know, they they capped off, you know, I still keep in contact with some of them and it's like, hey, this is, this is who I am and, you know, I don't see myself doing anything else. So, right. you know, just speaking to that, you know, small town and that close-knitness, like, there are certain people where th- their life will begin and end there. They will not move nobody nowhere else. They will not see nothing else and that's fine with them. And, and
1: that, that falls into the the uh, idea of success. So, yeah. You know, I always said Success is within that person. Like, no one can define success for the next man. You see what I'm saying? And I hate to use this analogy and please excuse me, but I, I always use it because to me it's something that paints a picture that people can understand. At the end of a day, if a crackhead finds a rock, he achieves success. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, real shit? No, this is the truth. I mean... It's the truth. So, when you expect- a person's success is not defined by the next man. So, like, like one cat's like I might want to move to the to the biggest place ever and be have the most bread ever and whoop whoop. And the next cat guys might want to have that simple life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have, I have, I have partners that moved away from home mm-hmm. and found places away from home that look like home. Yeah, and moved up. <laughs> you know, just to be comfortable To feel like they're back at home You know <laughs> what I mean? Because they just want to feel like They're at home, but just be away from home yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody And they successful. successful, I'm talking about Bank accounts, lovely, credit, lovely Everything, lovely, but they just want to feel like They're still at home, you know? Yeah. So they find a neighborhood that looks similar to home You yeah. know what I mean? And so, they, you know, everything Everything is everything when it comes to that, man Like, success yeah. is defined by the next man You know, I mean by that person. Absolutely. You know, it goes
0: back to also the idea, man, when... you ex- when you come up with nothing and you expect nothing when you get a little bit that's everything you know when you expect the world and when you have high expectations you know when your ceiling is high and even if you fall a little bit short of that that shortness that you fall at is way higher than most other people so right. it's a matter of being able to have a greater picture having a greater worldview of life that was the biggest thing from when i moved it was like being able to see people you know before I, before I turned 14, before I got to high school, I was perfectly content with, oh, hey, I might just be a dude who just works nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then when you get around these different people where it's like, man, my parents own a business or I foresee myself owning a business. I foresee myself getting a PhD or getting this higher level right. of life. You start trying to. Trying to say to yourself, like, man, if they can do it, what separates them from me? Why can't I do that? And so then you just, your mindset naturally just gravitates towards it. So it's the whole saying that you are who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself around greatness and high, you know, high thinkers and, you know, like-minded individuals, you know, you you set yourself apart from, you know, the rest who might not want to reach those levels. That's
1: so true, brother. so true. And... With my analogy, I'm just speaking in general. so no, Don't get me twisted at all. <laughs> Always strive for success. Don't get me twisted at all. Yeah, I'm no just saying. Doubt. No, doubt. no No, no, <laughs> no. And, and it's funny that you say that because speaking of Beaumont, what we were talking about, mm. I was – I started coaching at – I was a private school called Legacy Christian. Mm-hmm. I think I was 26 when I started coaching at that school. Mm-hmm. So I was 26 years old. So I've been in Beaumont for 26 years when I first met the first millionaire that I knew in Beaumont, Texas. I never knew I was a millionaire in Beaumont, Texas. You see what I'm saying? I never knew it. And I met 10 in one year. Man. So it just goes to show. Surroundings
0: are everything. So- At one school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So now, you know, you also get into powerlifting. So just talk about how you got into powerlifting and that whole thing and how
1: you approached that. Oh, man. It's a funny story about this one, bro. All right. So, we had to do a spring sport. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like any other jock that loves the ladies, what's the first one you run to? Track. Right? Right. <laughs> okay, with all the homies because... I'm a linebacker, but I hang with the running backs and the wide receivers because I love the ladies. So I hang with the pretty boys. And Nothing wrong with it. We love the ladies. So I'm going to the track team. <laughs> but guess who's the track coach? Who My linebacker coach. We super cool during football season. Guess who I don't get along with during track season? Your coach. My linebacker coach. <laughs> I need to go find another sport to play, brother, because I'm just not digging this too much. It's cool, but it's not me. But I'm gonna finish the season. It's all good. But I don't think this really gonna <laughs> right. I'm gonna finish this year. We're gonna do something else next year. So I kept on powerlifting through that year because my favorite coach was the powerlifting coach. Rest in peace, Coach Basing. He passed early this year. Uh, he was my favorite. My favorite coach. He was my lineman coach. Oh, because Basing was the powerlifting coach. So we powerlifted and we went to, ran the track. So we would go to powerlifting practice till 5 o'clock, and then go straight to track practice. So think about that. Yeah. Go do some deadlifts. I'm rushing volume training on deadlifts and squats, and then go straight to track practice. How you feel about that? Yeah. Thank God I threw discus. So I only had to run three days a week. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still had some pain, though. <laughs> All right. any anyway, rate, bro. And so, uh, and so carried on. You know, I stuck with powerlifting on through, you know, own all the way through senior year yeah. and uh that became my spring sport i picked up soccer after freshman year i started playing soccer instead of track mm. and that was my little spring sport because i got in better shape anyway and it was cool i mean it was fun you know and so it was something new i never played soccer in my life so yeah that's so i'm to pick up
0: no, because I mean, when I got into powerlifting and, you know, we just happened to be at the same gym at that time because you were training at the Finish Connection and just everything you were able to teach me, I mean, shoot, you
1: knew what the fuck you were talking about because I placed yeah. first in my meet. So, huh? <laughs> yeah. Man, that's all Coach Bay, bro. That's all Coach Bay, singer. Man, that man, that dude taught me so much. And that wasn't even from what he taught me during powerlifting practice. Mm. That stuff he would teach us during football PE. Like, Because he would literally come over there while we were lifting, bro, and like literally work with us on little techniques and stuff like how I am with y'all, like hands on how we'll be in the middle of working out and I'll start correcting y'all techniques. Mm -hmm. That's how he was while we were lifting. And so he was real anal about stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like all those analogies I use hey, jump them and like how I do with your bench and all those techniques, Mm -hmm. everything we do, I got all that from Coach Batesinger, bro. That's, That's all the stuff that he would do with us to get us right. You know what I mean, and it's, it's worked. It worked. Yeah. It worked twenty years ago. It's gonna work now.
0: <laughs> I mean, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And yes, you know, sir. It, it, you know, it's success and it stands to the test of time. You know, sure. I remember yeah when I first started powerlifting, before I met you, my form was all messed up <laughs> uh, but uh, it, you just came over you're like, man you're doing it all wrong Mike <laughs> 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 next thing you know one thing led to another my bench got you know fixed, my form was fixed, and I didn't even realize I mean it's just bad habits that you you know accumulate when you're young and you're immature and you think you could lift the world up, and then all of a sudden you know you just need a little bit of guidance and it's just like, hey, hey, hey. Slow it down. You're doing too much. Just do it this way. You'll be stronger, and you won't hurt your back like you've been doing. Boy,
1: you was strong as an ox. Uh, you you had to get it right. I ain't that he strong. Is. Oh man, miss me, <laughs> <laughs> boy. I appreciate <laughs> that you big dog. I mean, again, I wouldn't L- have listen. Been. World, he can lift the world. All right, uh, I, <laughs> <you>
0: know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah, appreciate it, but I mean, no, nah, I attribute it all to. Him the people who invested the time and the energy in me to teach me, because I mean, I wouldn't be where I am. First off, I wouldn't have staved off injuries like I would have if I didn't listen. If I wasn't, you know, thank gosh, I'm not hard headed. You no, know, and I actually listen to people like yourself, people like Jonathan, my older brother, Bernard. You no, know, y'all were like, hey, look, your form just needs a little bit of work and then you'll stave off injury and you'll win and you'll feel good doing it. You know, so uh, I always, you know, reference all the people who trained me and who, you know, guided me. I always say you don't get nowhere without, you know, seeking guidance and you don't know everything. So seek it out from people who've been there and done it already. And, you know, they'll help you and in time you'll be helping yourself. Yeah. yeah. So moving on, you you get into personal training. So talk about what got you into personal training. You're already in the gym. You're already in the
1: fitness. Now why get into personal training? Well, personal training came as a spinoff from coaching. Mm. Um, I was when I was in Beaumont and I you know, went through a divorce. I was doing I was bouncing around from teaching jobs, but I don't have a degree in teaching. I was doing par. Paraprofessional teaching jobs, like permanent subs, this, that, 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 mm. and teacher uh, assistant and stuff like that. Mm. And but I was doing like basically security in uh, charter schools is what I was doing, and so uh, and coaching at a private school. And so the teaching jobs kind of slowed down, and it was just the coaching at the private school. And with the coaching at the private school, it was just a stipend, and so I had to. You know, I needed to do something. I got kids, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I had a, my, one of my buddies, Mark, my dog. He, he was out there training, man. Mark Owens. Mark Owens Boxing. Check him out on YouTube. I'm going to drop a plug. I'm shameless. Drop a plug. Mark Owens Boxing, YouTube, Instagram, Outlet. I'm going to set you up on that interview, too. You need to check him out. Sure, uh, sure. But at any rate, uh, but he was, he was training, and he was like, big dog, you got to get on it. Right? Then I was still doing music. You know what I mean, and the music was it was going, but it was kind of like, eh, and I didn't really think I was still feeling it no more, mm-hmm. and so I was like, uh, "What I'm gonna do?" You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Well, let me see. I will check it out. Let me get that book from you, bro." <laughs> so he brought the book <laughs> to my studio, yeah. And so the book sat in the corner at the studio for a little while. Mm-hmm. End up picking the book up. End up doing my certification. So. I ended up getting—I think it was two of my parents from the football team, mm-hmm. from one of my middle school football team—and uh, I started training. And then picked up a few more clients, and picked up a few more clients. I was training at a, one of the YMCA's in Beaumont, well, it used to be a YMCA, but it was just like a little gym. And it was—they just had the gym open, and we kind of took over it and started training out of it. And so, uh, I had my little client low running, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It got my little groove going. And that's when Hopfit was born. You know what I mean? And I would never tell anybody what it meant. You know what I mean? Everybody was Hopfit, Hopfit. I, I can't tell you. If I tell you, that a kid, you. Got, you got to earn to learn. You got to earn to learn. You got to earn to learn. You like that. You know what I mean? Like and you truly do have to earn to learn what it means because it's a house of fame. You know what I mean? You, you feel it. Yep. You know, to your point blank. And so, uh, but it would run people away if I told them. <laughs> that's what I would think. Yeah. And so we was uh But I back then I didn't have no gear. I used to wear the uh, the Dallas House of Pain powerlifting gear. Yeah, I used to wear those T-shirts all the time. And so uh, we started it then, and then uh, that's when uh my pops was he was real sick. He had a uh, stroke, so I moved back in with him. Started helping my mom take care of him. And I started the while was actually around the corner from now. So driving around, training over there, driving back, helping out. It was cool. And so uh, I had a baby on the way, mm. my youngest daughter. And she was in Houston. And so it was like decision time. Right. Like pops, was, pops was getting real bad. He was on his way to go. Baby was on the way. Business is okay bigger market in Houston coaching opportunities in Houston what am I gonna do what am I gonna do what am I gonna do you gotta go I need to get out of here pops was mom's was like pops gonna be okay go ahead and go Mm. I left pops passed a couple weeks after I left I'm in Houston didn't initially start training I started working at vitamin shop first, you know what I mean? Just to get started doing something. And then Schlumberger called. I started working in the oil industry Mm -hmm. and it totally threw me off. How so? For three years, I didn't train, Mm -hmm. but everybody at my job kept me on the training note because they walked up to me like, bro, you work out, bro. what you take? Bro, what you do? Bro, can I work out with you? Bro, doo-doo-doo. So before you know it, I'm in the gym every night with half my dang on shift training them. Just happened. now. Actually, I got it going. You know what I'm saying? Right there, at boom. And I'm not charging them. I'm just working out with them, but I'm showing them everything. So it kind of, it's keeping my mind fresh, but I'm just not, I don't have a business. Because there's no need right now. I'm in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so, we the layoffs came or whatever through, you know, at the end of the, the crash or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I needed something to do. You know what I mean? So, boom, started putting in a resume, boom, boom, fitness connection card. Like, this was seven days after I got laid up, And so went to fitness connection, and boom, that's when I ended up there. And I started selling memberships. I sold memberships for a couple of months and then started training. And that's when I ended up meeting all y'all guys. And... I worked for them for a couple of months and you saw how that went. Yeah, okay. I was I'm good. Cool. I gave them a lot of money and I needed to get my own. Yeah. And then how fit had to come back real quick. So God made a lot of things happen, man, mm-hmm. real fast. When I say God made a lot of things happen, I can't attribute it to nothing else because it couldn't have been nothing else that opened the doors and opened my. Like, like sure. once fitness connection door closed it was like doors did this and before you know it i have my own gym my own area everything to do right now and a client load with it you know what i mean and so ever since then i've been rolling and so I haven't stopped since sure. and also i also do corporate boot camps so
0: so for anybody who needs a plug to a boot camp just go ahead and hit my guy show up. you gets your right yes sir Now, uh, real quick though Talk about what happened at Fitness Connection I mean, I was there and without, you know, shitting on them But, you know, just talk about what led you to starting your own thing Because I think that's a step that a lot of trainers uh, end up having to take You know, work at a chain for a while And then eventually it dawns upon them I need to do my own thing And I need to start my own thing So how did that happen for you?
1: This is not nothing to Fitness Connection at all by no way This is to box Gems, period They, and it's a business, yeah. you know, and you're an employee at the end of the day. Employees get paid a wage, you know what I mean? You get paid a wage to do a job and that's what you're doing, you know what I mean? And so they get their percentage. That's how the game works, you know, but in that game, you're getting a very small percentage of your work. See what I'm saying? Because it's just like the music business, okay, or acting or writing. You know what I mean? Those are are intellectual properties. You see what I'm saying? When you're training, you're presenting an intellectual property because you're presenting your, those are your thoughts, your ideas that you're presenting to this person to create and sculpt their body, to make them and create what you're trying to get them to be, what you want, what they want to be, right? Yes. That's your stuff. But they're paying the gym for that. Mm -hmm. And the gym is giving you a percentage of what they're paying the gym for that. But you're doing 100% of the work. But only getting a fraction of what you But you're only getting a very small fraction of that, depending on what gym you're at. Right. You see what I'm saying? But that's a business. That's how the business goes. So unless you own the whole business, it is what it is. Yeah. Gotta- I and mean, at the end of the day, you're going to pay somebody. <laughs> yeah. You got to pay your taxes too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But if you're going
0: to spend all the time and all the work, you know, basically sculpting a person, if you will, you might as well be paid fully for your work, not pay
1: exactly. a small percentage of you know. Absolutely, exactly, bro. Because none of this and a true trainer. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that because you got a lot of trainers, and, and I'm not trying to shoot no slugs. But they're paper but you, Exactly, you got a lot of trainers that train out of books. Yep, real trainer. Training out of here. Training out of here. Exactly. Training out of here. Training out of here. You deserve what you work man. absolutely, because that ain't not no book if you try out that book then you'll yeah, pay what pay what that book cost sure, you know and so end
0: and in the end, your worth will be understood, and it'll be seen because those are the people who literally can sustain a clientele. people who try out the book, everybody sees them, everybody knows who they are, they know who they are, they can 't ever keep nobody exactly. uh, because you're, you're teaching them best off of technicality, but you know, like you said, there's something that, that's inside somebody, both you know, inside their hearts and inside their minds, where they know whether they're putting in work or not. They know what they're doing. They know if they what they're doing is working. And people who actually take time to invest in a client as a person and understand, look, I got to develop you not only physically but also mentally. I have to make sure that I look out for you in your best and your well-being as a whole, not just your body because right. I'm just in the end all I'm doing is telling you to do motions but it goes bigger than that you have to apply everything you have to apply everything I teach you and it's not just in the gym but it's in it's in life it's in the way you carry yourself you know literally you know personal trainers or mentors you know the best ones are people who are life coaches
1: you know carries okay, over man it's
0: supposed sure. to for sure exactly So you grew up in Beaumont, you're powerlifting, then you switch over to training, you know, all these things, and finally you get the ball rolling. And then November 2018. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Boom. Come on. It sets in. So, um, you know,
1: basically, you know, things start to happen. Just talk about it. Man, 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 man. November 18th. So, how did this start? All right, All right so I had an a issue with anemia, that's mm-hmm. how it initially started. And I went to the hospital for that, and I had to get a blood transfusion. I mm-hmm. had a blood transfusion, some, had some issues with that. All right, that started a line of situations man that was like it was crazy bro like i don't even i can't even explain it to the fact to where like it was so many different little situations it was every time i would get out the hospital i had to go back for a different thing i was in and out of the hospital five times for five different things in five weeks i would get out i would go in for like three four days i would get out for two or three days and I would go back for something else. Mm. And it was different things. Like it was anemia. And then it was, uh, I had, uh, it was, a, uh, and I'm sorry, my, my memory is kind of bothered because of that. Mm. Uh, I had anemia and then I have, I had peritonitis one time, which is, I had to go in and I came back out. And then it was one other thing I can't quite recall right now. And then the very last—I can't recall the, the i can't recall the second and third. One. I mean, third and fourth. One. But the very last time I went, mm-hmm. I can very most definitely can recall that. I was sitting on the uh, side of my tub putting on some shorts and my right foot started doing this by itself. Mm. And, uh, Oh, that's what I'm sorry. I know why I went the last two times. I kept having these migraines, man, these migraines. I couldn't control and I couldn't do nothing about them. I didn't know what was going on. And I, I take blood pressure medicine. all this stuff. my blood pressure was sky high. And so I would go in and they, I would, Mr. House, we don't know what's going on. And they gave me these shots in my head and, it was all kind of crazy stuff. But that's what those other times were. It was it was always that. So it was the peritonitis, the blood transfusion. Then the other times was like migraine stuff. Then this last time was this. But at any rate, but my, my foot was doing this, right? And so I called my wife in the room. I'm like, man, my foot's doing this by itself. She's like, okay, we got to go to the doctor. Bro. So we go to the medicine room. And so they uh they cat scan me, bro. And I have a mask on my brain. Mm. To blood and my brain's moved over I think it was 6 millimeters my brain was moved over off the center mm. I had an aneurysm <clears throat> and so they like we gotta do emergency surgery so they put me on the surgery list we gotta do everything 24 hours blah 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 blah. I'm not grasping what's going on I know no, my speech is different I sound totally like you have deep my voice sister. but I sound like this Mm -hmm. when I'm talking and I'm I'm stepping when I talk like I almost sound like Mike Tyson with a hard stutter but higher like not to be funny but seriously, you know what I'm saying like I I can laugh about it now but serious it? that's it was and I was my voice was stuck that way and I didn't know but it was affecting my brain and that hard and it is set in like whatever was going on it set in and whatever that had triggered everything else to go. And so the stutter started and all this stuff. And so, uh, like, they get everything set. And I'm, people are coming to the, to, uh, I'm in, critical, in the uh, critical condition room whatever. people coming up there and I'm having conversations with folks. And they're wondering, like, how are you talking? But I'm having full, com- I'm talking about football. I'm talking about Life, I'm chilling. They come in there, want to pray, and I feel sorry. For them. I'm like, what? What's wrong with you? I'm good. I mean, we could pray, They're cool. But what's up? What's wrong? Right. You know what I mean? Like, we good? I'm good. You know what I mean? And I love my wife to death, bro. Because it's funny because she makes fun of my partners. <laughs> 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 what, what is this? This is rated PG? PG thirteen? How gangster is this I mean, show? I you mean, know, you know, no, 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 no. How raw y'all get? Nah, as raw as you want. No, as raw. It's it's funny. My wife, she's calling my partners, man. Yeah, and they breaking down on the phone. And she like, bro, I've never seen so many gangster mother boop boop boops, acting <laughs> like some little boop boop boops in my life. He okay? <laughs> he gonna be all right. This trade we talking about. But she she was exhibiting a spirit that day, bro, like that held me down so hard. I ain't had no choice but to be like, oh, everything cool. I never grasped what was going on. And so I go into the surgery. They tell my moms and them it's going to be six hours. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I was back in the room in like 45 minutes. Dang. I don't even know nothing was wrong. The doctor said when he cracked my skull, the blood jumped out. He also said the blood had been in my the blood was three weeks old, so the blood had been on my brain for three weeks. And his- I had been having them headaches for three weeks. Right before that, I had to stop boot camps two weeks previous to that mm-hmm. because I started having these blood clots in my eyes, and I started feeling real weird, like I had a vertigo, like I had a vertigo. Mm-hmm. Like I started feeling like real dizzy. dizzy, so I had to slow the boot camps down. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was I had to stay at the house for a little while. And so uh I didn't know what was going on and come to find out, this is what was happening. And so uh, but I get back to the room, and so I wake, once I wake up, my my cousin, he's sitting next to my bed, he's in a wheelchair, and he's on point because he's trying to talk to me, but he's talking to me about stuff from my children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to see if my memory's there. And I'm on point. I'm on point with everything. I'm catching everything he's talking about. Mm-hmm. and so like okay you're good. you good know I mean? and so man it was like from then on it was like crazy bro because which we had our down our ups and downs like two day and two days later the uh therapist came mm-hmm. for with the walker and that was the funniest thing in the world because she came with the walker and she was like okay mr house we're gonna we're gonna walk okay, I want you to stand up, grab it and stand up and you're going to walk down the hall I want you to hold on to it, okay? I said, I want to take a couple of steps without it, okay? She was like, okay, whenever you need it, I want you to grab it, all right? I'm going to hold on to it, okay? I was like, all right. That lady held on to that thing all the way down that thing on hall. you see what I'm <laughs> saying? And I wouldn't have it, bro, because I was determined, you know what I'm saying, to keep going. Yeah. And uh, and then I came home man. And uh, and I was straight. And then I caught a dang on uh, uh, I, I became septic. I had a... Uh, because I had... Right after that, I had a seizure. And so they did a... A, uh, a uh, surgery. I can't remember the, the name of the surgery. But anyway, they did a stent from my thigh. And it basically went... To my brain to see what caused The anger And that surgery Something got infected with it And it caused the blood a Blood point uh, blood point, And so I became septic bro And so I didn't eat nothing From November I would say November 18th I was eating popsicles mm-hmm. from November 18th all the way to Christmas Damn I wasn't eating nothing you know what I'm saying nothing. Yeah. Just and so uh, it it was weird, bro. It was like it was crazy, dog. And uh, but Christmas day, Christmas morning, because I was sleeping, sitting up. I had to sleep sitting up on the couch. Mm-hmm. And Christmas morning, I was sitting there, my mom and everybody came to the house. Because bro, on the strength, I know what it was. Everybody thought I was gonna go. I'm not crazy. I know it was. I was down to 162 pounds. I was, you know, back then I used to walk around at 215 easy. You know what I'm saying? about
0: that 50 pounds
1: just off your body. I mean, not you. Dropped. Just dropped like a, you know. I was in the bed. Like I was bedridden. And then I was couch ridden once I got out of the bed because I couldn't lay down because it hurt too much to lay down.
0: Everybody that don't know, I mean, you, you didn't even know There's all these things happening at one time You improve one day and then you're back in the hospital Next, it's mm-hmm. just you're never in the cycle Nobody knows, there's no certainty So, you know, everybody is kind of Trying to be positive But everybody's expecting the worst And, and uh, excuse me
1: if anything is like Mixed around because, you know, nah, you know I, saw, I mean, my that's mind, real stuff at That time was crazy But I, I I remember everything that happened But I might pinpoint certain things In the wrong spot Nah. But uh but I knew no Christmas day, moms wake up four four thirty mm. and she started cooking, bro. And I couldn't stand straight up mm. all this time because it hurt too much. I'm sitting on the couch, bro. I heard my mom and I cooking, I stood straight up. It's Christmas morning. I stood straight up. Mom was cooking. I, I ain't ate nothing, bro. I went and got me a popsicle out the freezer. Yeah. I said, man, I can stand up, mom. Shoot, I'm gonna help you cook today. So I started cooking. I started tasting that food, bro. Mm. My stomach didn't get queasy. Mm. Bro, I ate six times that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was on then, Jack. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, Now, note, one thing I haven't touched on at all through none of this, which I should have touched on from Jump Street, I'm on my, what, fourth year, fifth year? I'm a dialysis patient. Mm. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. i stage, stage five rental failure been that way you know what i'm saying for a while yep. and so a lot of this is attributed to that you know what i'm saying and so me saying i'll let's say this with the blood poisoning if i wasn't already a dialysis patient they could have went real bad because they was able to put me real quick on a different like i do peritoneal dialysis which is a lighter form of dialysis but they were able to put me on the classic form of dialysis, which people, most people know as hemodialysis, mm-hmm. the blood dialysis. They were able to put me on that real emergency and were able to clean my blood real fast and get me off of it. And then once I went through two weeks of that treatment, like real harsh, 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 harsh. That's why I lost more weight. Mm-hmm. They were like dehydrating me. And then uh, I went through real harsh treatments of that. But that's what by Christmas Day, that was the end of that two weeks. And I was pretty much cleaned out. So, yeah. you know, that all, everything went to everything. Man, I ate like a big dog and I was back to normal. And then <laughs> once I started eating, man, everything started getting back in line. Yeah. And slowly but surely, I think it was February. By February, I finally touched the weight again. Mm. It's been on since, man. Yep. See, uh,
0: mama's cooking, man, and coming okay. coming through and Resilience and just fight, fight. You know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, you know, with that story too, you know, big a big thing was when Trey was mentoring me, and he still does. But the main thing he always told me was like, "Yo, man, you know, life ain't as bad as you think it is." And I always kind of understood that with him. Like, there's nothing I could complain about, man. Trey, I got a man. I had a tough day at school. I had a tough day at work. Or this person said that. It's like, so, hey. And, and, and you no, know. <laughs> it's going to be all right. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be all right. And, and yeah. you just got to fight. You just got to fight a little bit longer. Just one more day, one more minute, you know, one more rep. It can always be worse, man. Always. Always be worse. Yes, transitioning from that, you know, you use that experience and you get into motivational speaking
1: Sure. just talk about what led you and what put that battery in your back yeah well that battery came in the back more so from my childhood man yeah and seeing a lot of the kids at home too you know because that's really more so my my, my bag going to the kids you know what I'm saying I I like to run them kids go help them out because I'm seeing a lot of this younger generation I'm seeing a lot of crash I'm seeing a lot of a lot of misunderstanding. Seeing a lot of not wanting to understand. You know what I'm saying? And I know why. Why? It's coming. It's coming from a place of pain. I'm saying. A place of hurt. It's coming from a place of nobody ain't hearing them, ain't nobody feeling them, mm-hmm. ain't nobody understanding them, ain't nobody getting on that level. Everybody acting like they don't understand. Everybody acting like they forgot right. when they was that age. You know what I'm saying? My memory ain't that thing on bad, bro. I remember when I was a little bad kid. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't no bad, bad kid, but you feel me? Like I was a little mischievous kid too. I understand. Yeah, I get it. I had one foot out there, I get it. So, but them kids can all every every kid that's going wrong can go right, miss me with that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every kid that that go to that party can can pass that class. Miss me with that. Every kid that's in that fight can get in the ring. Miss me with that one. Like, come on, bro. Like if we do it right and really try to get in touch with them and, and, and give them an ear and give them some love, things can change, bro. For real, for real. Y'all talking about all these shooters and these demons and whoop, 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 Yeah. You go recruit them to the Army, sir. Thank you. you get some you, soldiers, sir. They can be functional
0: human beings. Don't give up on them, man. Like, everybody has a chance. Everybody deserves a chance.
1: You know? Thank you. Of course. And I bet you. Half them kids is just acting out, out of anger and hurt, bro. Yeah, because kids don't want to right. back like that,
0: man. Yeah, they don't, They feel like nobody got their back or nobody really is hearing them, like you said, man. And so what are you going to do? They're still kids, man. They're still human beings. They still got to survive. And if they're not given the resources and the outlets, they don't know any better. They don't know what they can or can't do. They don't know their power yet. So
1: they just, they go to the quickest thing. They go to the nearest thing, which is... the stuff. And everything is inspired by Faz, as well. Absolutely. So you also got to gotta counteract that. You got to make, we got to make being smart cool. You know what I'm saying? If you feel me, stuff like that, like being smart cool, being, understanding like having spirituality cool, stuff like that. We got to make these things cool. Those things were never cool to people. Like from my childhood, those things stopped being cool. Do you know what cool was in the 70s? Putting on a suit. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That's square now. Absolutely. I mean, it's starting to be cool again. But, you know, I'm, in, in my days, that's, that was square putting on a suit. But it's starting to be cool. again. But you feel me? But that was the cool thing to do. But I'm just saying the perspective of cool. Let's make those things that should be cool. Let's make getting money cool. Like, I, I cut for the cat. What's the boy? Uh, money Man. I like that dude. Mm. Why? Because he makes getting money cool. He makes the stock market cool. He makes crypto cool. He makes it cool. I like that. You know what I'm saying? He'll have a whole generation of kids investing in cryptocurrency and make a whole generation of million- black millionaires that would have never existed. And make a whole generation of white millionaires that never existed. Because these kids that were never paying attention to it are paying attention to it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All it takes to exactly. Okay. But we got we to gotta change the paradigm, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it is what it is. We got we to gotta fix the NWA effect. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, hey, for sure. I love it. I was
0: affected by it too. This mm-hmm. what it is. I luckily was able like I said, I was able to stray away. But the thing was, I was surrounded by people who weren't. You know, who I was, right. around, I was surrounded by people who didn't have the resources, didn't have the outlets to stay away from it. And I always kind of felt bad. So now it's like, okay, you feel bad, what you going to do about it? Okay? Right. Educate them. Talk to them. And that's the thing. Right people under undervalue just the power of words and the power of knowledge and the power of mentors. Right. Luckily I learned that lesson early in life and it helped me. Um, now it's like, okay, bring people on here who can speak to them and who can speak the language and who look like them, whomever them is, it, it can be anybody. It's not a color thing. It's, no, it's not an enemy thing. It's just, everybody deserves a chance to have a good life and understand things. And a lot of times people don't make it because they don't know they can but they don't see that they can. But when they, when they see others like them, it's like, oh, wait, I can do this too. Oh, wait, he can do it. Maybe I should try it too, you know? Certified. That's That's totally true, bro. Yeah. Now, another part of your motivational speaking is your outspokenness. <laughs> getting real, <laughs> you know, what's going on in the world. Another, uh, near Beaumont is part out to Texas. And, you know, you grow up, Around a guy named Steven Jackson and another guy named George Floyd. Talk about that. And just. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I before, uh, Oh, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. That's go all ahead, go ahead. good. Um, just, you know, I knew I was around you and, you know, I saw how you posted and I saw your activism and I saw you speak up on it. And I just want you to just talk about what that meant to you and what Stack has meant to you and
1: everybody from that area. Uh, I mean, I'm going to start with Stack real quick. Stack is inspiration to all of us. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Stack because, you know, he, he was one of them cats, like you say, when you see somebody make it, you know that you can do something. And Stack was that for our generation. He was the one that made it for us. He was the one that we saw go. You know, we saw Stack make it. So it was like, oh. We could do something. You know what I'm saying? And he, Stack wasn't a cat that left and we never seen him. He left and we always saw him. So, wow. <laughs> like, he always came home. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? It was what it was. Same thing like with the rec shop guys. We always saw him. They were always home. But I digress. Um, with the uh situation, before George Floyd, brother, there was, there was Mike Mitch. I'm from Beaumont, Texas. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to those issues, being from not just Beaumont, Texas, I'm from Southeast Texas. And if you do your history on Southeast Texas, it's probably one of the most racist areas in the United States of America. Absolutely. And next to Milwaukee, it might be one of the most segregated areas in the United States. Uh, so I grew up facing a lot of things, seeing a lot of things, being around a lot of things, but I had a a real close friend of mine, man, that was, that lost his life a few, some years ago Mm -hmm. at the hands of, 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 of. Some 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 civil servants, you know, and uh, and the case was never explored, and nobody marched. The, the the news did a good hit job, you know, like they do, you know, facts, and, and you know everything that they try to do now. See, back then it worked, you know, because they don't they didn't we didn't have the social media and all that back then. So back then it worked. And so I seen it work. You know, I seen it work good. And so the, that was personal to me. And so and again, being from their place, I've had my own situations to where, you know, I didn't been my had my own runners with those civil servants. Because I, I classify them into to two different categories. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You have cops, because I have family that are, are cops, mm-hmm. they are servants of the people. You know that are, that do protect and serve, and I appreciate them and I love them to death and I thank them. I have friends that are cut. You know what I mean. That I graduated high school. You know what I mean. That, it's cool. I like. I appreciate. And then you got those guys that get on the force for the wrong reason. Those are those that are pigs, and I'ma call it what it is. You know what I'm saying? I've had my run-ins with those guys. Those are the guys I feel like they killed my friend. Those are the guys that killed Mr. Floyd. Those are the guys that I feel like killed Ms. Taylor. Those are the guys that killed a few other people. And I'll say what I say and it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to go in all it. Right. And I'm not saying I don't want to go into it as far as getting on on those sound box. All right, all right, now, nah, because it's not about that. What, what I want people to do is to just be honest about it, man, because what I see is everybody want to choose sides. It ain't a right or left. I can't stand this Democrat and Republican stuff. <laughs> it gets on my last nerve. It's stupid to me for the simple fact that it's about right and wrong, bro. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? Because most, at the, at the end of the day, I'm going to keep it real and People can hate me for what they want to. At the end of the day, we need to stop that crap and get on the right and wrong, bro. And you can call out wrong. It's okay. If killing somebody is wrong, bro, it's wrong. Absolutely. Not wrong old way, but then again, he looks a certain way or he acted a certain No, it's wrong. Oh, no, It's wrong. That's and, it. and, and you don't have to counteract me saying Black Lives Matter. I don't have to counteract you saying all lives matter no more. Right, It is what it is. If you feel like that, cool. Because guess what? When you say our lives matter, black lives are in there too. That's the one I'm going to take it. That's how I'm going to take it around. You feel me? Go ahead. Do what you do. I, I don't even care no more. You feel me? But I'm going to say what I got to say because at the end of the day, you need to understand my thing. I'm not excluding you. We need to take care of ourselves as well because we're killing ourselves too. And I'm sick of that, bro. Yeah. So if our lives are going to matter to us when them laws kill us, we got to stop popping our sales, bro, because we popping our sales every weekend. And I'm getting sick of that. Period. I'm losing. Uh, it seems like I'm getting a call every other week. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's sick, man. You see what I'm saying? So we got to catch it from both ends because we we fighting two battles. And you can't win if you're fighting yourself. You see what I'm saying? So, like, this all in our, brother, like, just our mind state, we are in a self-destruct mode. At the same time, you fighting against the outside force, it's not going to work and we got to fix this. You know what I'm saying? So whatever we have to do as a culture, as a people, mentally, spiritually, whatever, whatever we've got to do to change our paradigm, we need to do it. And, People are always saying we need leaders to arise. We got leaders. We just need to lead. And leadership starts within ourselves, bro. You know what I'm saying? You can lead you. You can lead the next man. You can lead me. Just right now, we leading each other. It could be something a Jewel I'm dropping on you, or a Jewel, you dropping on me, that's leading you to something, or you leading me to something. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we gotta fix this. here, point blank. So before we can really just, you know, get the trip in and and going live on everybody, let's get it fixed and and let's go forward with it. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I know I went on a whole another rail with <laughs> it from what you was asking me because mm-hmm. there is is it. I got a lot of emotions about it, dog. Really. Got a lot of different feelings about it. And like I say, being from where I'm from, man, I, I'm 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 from down the street from where they drag James Bird, homie. So you know, like i re- I remember that yeah you know i got i got i came home from school today you know so yeah no, <laughs> like,
0: again reiterating the point is that look these emotions they don't just go away you can't just tell people oh sorry this just happened like nah it's still gonna it's gonna be there and we have to deal with it we can't just keep oh oh yep another one another one like this isn't something that people should just be getting accustomed to and this should become um, normal right it should become normal for you know people just to see death like all around them and unnecessary death you know life life is what it is you know people get in accidents people get killed it is what it is but to become the norm of oh i can take your life and you know not have no consequences like where does that happen you know it's ridiculous it's it's out of control and the pain you know and the anger it it, it's you know it's sickening man and and it needs to change and some has to give and you know we have to keep having the conversations we have to keep you know bringing light to the fact because you know the more we shun it away the more we're allowing it to get out of hand and the more you know, whoever we is, you know, we as just right. people, it's not just me and you. It's not just black people, it's no. not just white. This isn't a black and white Everybody. Thing. Nobody mm-hmm. is an enemy. You know, it's, it's good versus evil. It's everybody who has love for everybody, as Stack says, against racism and against, you know, brutality and things that are wrong. You know, it's about fighting for what is right. And, you know, we're all just trying to make do with what we can in this world. I'm telling you, bro. That's it all about right and wrong Alright, on a lighter note though You know, despite everything That has gone on, you recover And you're still trucking along You know, you're still going forward And you get into this project with our brother Max Wolf, shout out Max And you guys develop Elite Form Nutrition Supplement brand Yes sir So just talk about what got you into that
1: project and you know. Oh man, Elite Form, man Um, old Max Oh man, that's my little brother uh, me and Max been kicking it uh, so Max came with the idea hey brother let's let's go ahead here and run with supplements you know what I mean because we've been talking about it for years you know yeah. and we finally came with it let's go with it let's go with it because uh, Max basically is like a little project of mine you know what I mean like I've been training Max shoot when did I meet y'all 2015 and yeah so that's been five years bro you know, so I've been training Max five years on and on, and so, but we always tinker with the supplements and trying this out, trying it out, and so, you know, with the uh, we always talk about everything. You know, I'm I like to discuss everything with y'all and explain everything in depth and woo-woo-woo. and so of course Max, once I started talking, he starts going to learn. He wants to know. He wants to know. He wants to know, and so before you know it, I created a little me. Mm. <laughs> and so he would call me hey bro I figured out how to make this I figured out how to put this together and so he came up with the pre-workout form he was like I've been mixing this, this 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 and it feels real good I think I'm gonna try it out in a, in a formula and so he tried the samples and once he came up with it man and when I tell you that's the best pre-workout ever oh my god you know <laughs> and, uh, Y'all try that shift From Elite Form Nutrition man. Yeah. Boy. To pick that up At Elite Form Nutrition Don't get it uh, And so we ran with it man And then we needed another Another supplement And so of course came to burn mm. And of course burn is A compilation Of a, a Formula from old Trey House Dungeon mm. That I used to put everybody on to burn fat Mm. and what Max did was put it all in one pill yeah took all this little combination it was a little tackle box I used to put people on and he was like oh bro let's figure it out put it in one thing boom oh. so there goes burn get you some burn um uh, lifestyle pill as well keep Absolutely. it going Now, uh and so man it's been rolling ever since man and I'm telling you when I tell you it's really good stuff you can catch it on Amazon you can catch it at Leaf Farm Nutrition and uh Quality, quality, quality stuff is all sorts in the United States of America, in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Everything is local. Everything is good. So, I mean, it's good, good quality stuff. Clean, too. Oh, yeah, sir. Very clean, very clean. Very good feeling. No crashing, nothing like that. None of jitters, none of that crap. sure, man. That's what's up.
0: And closing out, man. You know, all that you've gone through, mm-hmm. all the quotes, all the gems that you've passed down, Give us one final gem, one final nugget of wisdom to just the next generation, the young people that you see out there in port Arthur, there or in Beaumont or wherever, and also the young people trying to get into personal training. Young people might be going through stuff in life and, you know, might not have the answers yet. What's your final nugget of wisdom to them?
1: You're bigger than where you at. Never stop. Never quit. Never listen to bullshit. And always finish strong.
0: And I'm gone. And that's beautifully done. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a it. wrap for Insight Podcast, episode 19. Real one, but a, but a gem nonetheless. want to appreciate my big bro, Trey House, for coming on. Trey, Thank you, bro. You know, appreciate you. Thank you for having me, bro. You can catch this episode on YouTube, Spotify, all platform streaming podcasts. Thank you all.